Welcome to the Midlife Career Rebel, the podcast created for high-achieving professional women to gain the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to go after and get the life and career they want. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh, lawyer, social scientist, brand strategist, executive coach, entrepreneur, and midlife career rebel. Each week, you'll learn strategies to manage your mind, navigate the challenges of midlife, and take control of your career so you can thrive doing the work you love. So if you're ready to tear up that rule book and create your own, you're in the right place. And I can't wait to show you how. Hey, 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 Rebels. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so super psyched today (laughs) because I have uh, one of my clients from the Career Rebel Academy on who's going to talk about her experience in the group and, you know, where she is, where she's going and, and other amazing things today, which I'm so excited for you to hear and share about. I talk about the Career Rebel Academy a lot of times on this podcast, and I think it's nice every now and again to talk to someone who actually went through it as opposed to hearing what I have to say about it. And Taylor is here to share her experience. She's an exceptional woman, um, a brilliant a strategist in uh, marketing and PR and advertising. Um, she brings so much to the table and um, in terms of the work that she does and the impact that she makes in the world. So I am excited to welcome her here. And let me just give you a little intro of who this amazing woman is. Taylor is the executive vice president of health equity and multicultural strategy at M Booth Health where she leads and guides the agency's work on health equity and multicultural communication. Now, Taylor is most passionate about advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion in healthcare, and has counseled health organizations on DEI strategy and cross-cultural communications, and has worked with diverse patient populations to create inclusive programs to address care gaps. She's also an active writer and speaker on the importance of addressing inequities in healthcare communications and business. And she has been recognized by the Healthcare Businesswomen's Association for the amazing work that she has done in this field. So with that, I would love to welcome you to the show, Taylor. Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be here. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. So, you know, Taylor, I just want to open up. Let's Let's go back to the beginning before you joined the program. Um, tell us what was going on in your world, in your mind that made you decide that, you know, I need to seek something out for some support, you know, in, ter- in relationship to your career. Uh, so to be very vivid, I was about six months pregnant. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that so much. <laughs> I was about six months, six months pregnant with my first child in my 40s, laying in bed at midnight, scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for for some inspiration on where I should go next. And your uh, your ad popped up and I started reading and everything resonated from, you know, do you feel like your work uh, aligns with your values? Does it feel like there's time to make a change? Does work feel laborious? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And so as I was laying there, I was in, uh, you know, I was in a life change mode, but I was also reflecting on my current position, 
where I was leading and running a full service agency. And I had reached this senior level position that I'd always aspired uh, to reach. But I found that my time, my energy, my focus was away from the work. And it was more so focused on managing up um, and focus on internal stakeholders. And I just re needed to realign myself. Um, and so I felt like this program would help me do that. Awesome. I love that. So you got to this point, six months pregnant. And I, I love the fact, I mean, let me just ask for a moment. I mean, because at six months pregnant, most people would say, oh, I'll wait till after the baby comes. You know, like, you know, I will start a program when I have three more months to go before I give birth. And I remember when we met, you're like, we have three months to get this together. Yeah. <laughs> so I love, but most people would be like, oh no, let me just wait till after now is not a good time. What made you say that even in the midst of being six months pregnant, like, let's go, let's make this happen. Because I knew that that was the time that I would have to focus on myself. Mm. And once the baby arrived, uh, that I wouldn't be number one anymore. And so I would say, you know, prior to the baby, I've been blessed with, you know, opportunity, support, and frankly, lack of interruption to focus yeah. on what I needed to do. And so I just thought, you know, I'm, I have this time, this is on my mind, clearly I'm up in the middle of the night. So, you know, it's keeping me up and I would have the time, you know, of maternity leave separate from, you know, away from my job to really deeply reflect on what's going on in my life. And for me, it just felt like the the perfect time. Yeah, that is so smart to one, prioritize yourself and to really clearly see that, you know, you wanted to have time to be able to focus on yourself, to focus on this work and finding that, you know, this is the better time to do it than after the baby comes, because you're right. Once the baby comes, like all hell breaks loose <laughs> for anybody who has a kid who, you know, understands that. So that is so smart. That's so smart. So let me ask you, what made you, um, you know, so you read all of my stuff, you, you saw me on LinkedIn, you were resonating with it, you know, you knew you had the time right now. What made you say, even though, you know, you, you saw what I wrote, that this was the right program for you, as opposed to maybe going in another route or another direction? Like, what was it about the, the program itself that really resonated for you to say yes to it? Well, um, I've had multiple coaches in the past and I don't feel like I've um, gained traction or or done anything that I couldn't do on my own. And so um, so um, I think what was helpful for me was the combination of both uh, doing the work, the reflective self-discovery work. So I had never done that depth of work before. And so I, re I realized that without that work, the, the, the output was going to be the same. So the depth of the self-discovery work, plus obviously getting you know, the benefit of your coaching expertise and the diversity of your background, plus the group sessions. So it felt like, okay, if I could combine career coaching with um, you know, a therapy session, that those combined would help me get to a, a different uh, place. I love that. I love that you talked about mindset because, you know, I always talk about that doing any kind of work, if you want to advance or transition or pivot in your career, it's both an inner game and an outer game. 
And I think people underestimate and undervalue the mindset, the inner work that has to take place with it. And they just are so focused on, give me the tools, give me the transactional piece, which, you know, we do that in the program. And we definitely have some practical application and tools to work with. But I would love to hear your experience about how much mindset played a factor in you being able to step out of where you were to moving into this, you know, amazing position that you have right now. Um, so, so I'll start by saying I'm the type of person that reads every self-help book and um, just <laughs> delves into everything. But related to mindset, um, I remember reading the book Mindset by Carol Dweck and uh, really focusing in on having a growth mindset, right? And so making sure that my headspace is always in a place where I'm looking for how can I be better? How can I grow? How can I develop new skills? And so coming at it from that perspective and then coupling that with the self-discovery work, it helped me to realize that um, one, there's a market for my skills and my expertise. Uh, two, maybe some of the decisions that I uh, have been making in the past might have been limiting and uh, uh, safe. And, um, and so I would, I would say the, the work and gaining the clarity on where I wanted to go, coupled with uh, having other people along that journey helped me to squash some of the limiting, uh, you know, beliefs and kind of and and to take a leap, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So that that discovery journey—that's one of the first things that you know we work on when you get in the program. And you've mentioned that a few times about how eye-opening that was was for you. Um, could you just speak a little bit more about that process and and how it helps you to, you know, figure some things out that weren't as clear or as available to you before you came into the program? Yeah, um, I. I I think that we oftentimes jump to the solution without wanting to sit down and do the work. I'm guilty of this as well. So sitting down and thinking about um, what do I like, you know, my personality. I was surprised by some of the responses and realizing, oh, I like to build and create with minimal restrictions. So then. Yes, that's why I'm frustrated in a large organization where I have to get 100 signatures. It helped answer and address some of the, um, the, 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 frankly, the aspects about my current workplace that were draining to me, right? Um, also, the clarity around um, what maybe my Achilles heel is and the idea that, you know, as I'm a type A and I'm a highly high achieving person, the balance of that is like the desire for significance and, you know, the need to be recognized for my accomplishments. And that that caused me to look inward a bit and say, wait a minute, you know, why am I looking for validation? How am I looking for validation? How do I need to change those behaviors uh, to, as I move forward or just kind of keep an eye out for it? But I mean, ultimately, um, doing that work uh, helped me just get very clear. And clarity, I believe, leads to confidence to make the step. Because oftentimes, you 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 always you know burst our bubble when we say this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is the crutch. But when you think about what you do know, and also combining that um, with where you are in your life and what you need and what role the, the, the career plays within your broader life. And all of that to combine was eye-opening for me. 
Mm, wow, that's so awesome. And and you know what I love about it is that getting that clarity helped you when it came down to like tactics and strategies and things. So because you knew which ones to take and which direction to move forward to. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I think of greater significance is where not to go. Mm, yeah. <laughs> where, you know, where not to go, because perhaps that environment doesn't align with uh, a, a place where I might thrive, which I believe is critically important for a woman of color. Um, and also um, what next step is going to align with where I am in my life. I, I would mm -hmm. I emphasize that because my values are consistent, but the emphasis on them um, has evolved with me having a child now. So I have a newborn. Um, and so, you know, the, the needs of being a parent of a newborn are completely different than, you know, a woman in my early 40s with not a care in the world and the world can revolve around work. So I had to think differently and move differently. Yes. And that's one of the things that we talk a lot about is aligning that career life alignment It's why I tend not to focus on work life balance, but really career life alignment, because your career is just a piece of the ecosystem of your life. Right. It is not everything. And so it is important to think about at this stage and juncture in my life, the way it looks, what makes the most sense for me, right? And then what makes the most sense is I think about where I wanna go with my newborn and my family and what does that look like in the future? So we're always thinking about our career in juxtaposition to the entire scope of our life and how we wanna live. And so I love that that, that really resonated for you. Is that something that um, was, was really a different practice or a different way of thinking that you found in the program? Oh, completely different. Um, because I, you know, I mentioned I had um, an un uninterrupted focus on my career previously, even though I was married, you know, I'm, I'm thankful, thankfully, I have a supportive partner. So it was, if you want to change a job, if, if you need to travel, if you need to do this and that, just go ahead and do it. And so, um, you know, I'll be transparent about saying having a child is a very obvious moment where you have to think about career life alignment. But I think as women, we oftentimes forget about our, um, you know, our personal stages of life when it's not connected to another human being and what we need uh, out of that, you know, and, and what we're ready for and how our career needs to fit within, uh, you know, our broader life goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that I love about the program, too, is that we do this in community that, um, you know, that's a big part of it. And I know sometimes it's funny because some people I remember having conversations before they joined were like, I don't know those women. <laughs> and I don't know if I want to put all my business out there. You know, we we have this we've been raised in this kind of patriarchal thinking around independence and, and, and not needing anyone and and this this uh, competitive way of being as opposed to what I think is more aligned with feminine power, which is more collaboration and community. And I would love to hear your thoughts on, your, on, on the community and how it helped you on your journey into you know, stepping into something new and, and something more aligned. 
the greatest aspect of the community is just knowing that you're not alone. Because I think mm. all of us have had those moments where we're lying in bed at midnight thinking about what our next steps are. <laughs> and we think, oh, it's just me, or perhaps I'm the only person that feels that way. But hearing you know, very accomplished women from doctors to business owners and everything in between say, yeah, I'm, I'm at the, I feel the same way. I'm having these similar challenges and, and, and particularly um, people at various stages of life, people at very in various industries and just having that um, understanding that we're going through something similar, it's okay. And there is no one answer is, is you know, pretty um, satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you all helped each other too, right? Yeah. You know, because the, the idea that knowledge is held in just one mind and not in the collective, I think is, is something um, I don't believe in. And I think it was really powerful. I love to see when you all were helping each other and supporting each other in the group too. Well, yeah. and sometimes it's, sometimes it's that um, you got to check yourself, right? Because many of us will come to the group with, hey, this happened today and I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to tell them off and I'm going to blah, 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 blah. But then that pause of, okay, what mindset are you in? What emotions are you are you attaching to this? What are you making it mean? It was mm -hmm. almost that pause moment to really self-reflect and say, okay, I need to actually show up differently and move differently if I want a different outcome, even within my current environment, much, much less the next step. Yes, yes. Oh, I just love it. Goosebumps. Okay. So, so, you know, one of the things, so, so throughout the course of the program, you know, you definitely, you, sh you shift careers and I definitely want to talk a little bit about even that journey. What do you, what do you think are some of the challenges that, you know, women are having when they are considering making a change or a difference, you know, particularly at midlife when, you know, we've been in this career, we've been in this mindset, this way of thinking, going, climbing that ladder on and on and on. What do you think are some of the biggest like challenges or fears that women have to actually put stake in the ground to say, you know what, I am going to prioritize myself. I am going to step into something different because, you know, you have the haters, the naysayers, you have, you know, people who are like, what, you know, it's a good job. What are you doing? So from, from just your opinion, like, what do you think are some of the challenges and fears that, that, um, that women have when it comes to making shifts and changes in their career? Um, one of them I would say is the, um, guilt associated with prioritizing yourself mm. so doing the work to get clear. Oh, I don't have time to spend an hour to think about myself. That feels so selfish. I have so many other things to do. So that's one. Um, two, I would say is, um, you know, the need for stability and, um, and, and which it comes, you know, with being an adult, responsible adult and, and, and th that destabilizing, you know, be it financial situation, your work situation and, and so forth. So I, I do think the fear, maybe there's a fear or a, a, of destabilizing what's currently in place. The other piece that resonates with me is trust and your ability to navigate the change. Mm. And that, and that, um, and all that comes with that, right? And to know that it'll be okay. It's almost like you want the 
confirmation that your life will be better before taking the leap and that's just not going to happen and so that is unsettling particularly for I would say myself who folks who want to be in control and like I've got this in control already why would I just completely blow up my situation and not know what's on the other side and so I think sometimes you have to um trust in your own ability to navigate the change yeah I love that you said that because you know the way you phrase it I think is so true is that really it's a mindset it's it's this the fear creates this narrative or the story that you're going to blow everything up that it's not going to be the same that you're going to miss out on things and we could get so trapped into that fear and not do the work to just like, well, is that really true? Will I really let my life blow up? Will I really not <laughs> be employed? Will I really create a situation or put myself in a situation that's not going to be the best for myself and my family? So a lot of it just becomes the, the story we create in our mind, right? You know, is that what you found? I'm gonna mess this up, but I feel like you always ask the question, what if it, were true that everything works out all right what if you flip the question and success is on the other side then what is your mindset how do you move what are your actions and i and i actually did that work of um what if success were true how do i need to behave how do i need to show up what do i need to believe um, in order to align with that way of thinking. And I think oftentimes it's very easy to play out the whole scenario when it's negative or when it's current state. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we allow ourselves the time to dream a bit. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is so true. You know, and our brain does throw out the negative to us because it's just trying to protect us, you know, because it doesn't know. And it's so important not to let the treachery of how, which I would say to stop you from moving forward. And you're right, because we don't give ourselves enough time to dream. We kind of stop at all the negative thinking and let that stop us in our track, as opposed to shifting it. To, I love how you shared that shifting it about thinking, well, what if greatness is on the other side of it, you know, as opposed to all the negative, which I think is so powerful, uh, a powerful way to think about it. So I love that that was really helpful for you. I always say to people that, you know, the future is unwritten, like we get to create the future, like we know what happened in the past, but the future we get to create. And if you want a different future, you have to think differently, you know, to create that, because if you think the way you were thinking, you'll just recreate the past for the pre uh, the past in the future and you don't want to do that so i love how you talked about just shifting that thinking it in a different way so that you can step into something different but so think powerful. about how revolutionary that is it's easier said than done is i mean it's a totally daily, it's a daily practice uh, even you know i'm excited by the line when you said you know the future is unwritten I'm equal parts excited and terrified by that. And yes. you know, what, what control do I have over? What do I need to do? And so um, it's just a daily practice. And a lot of times, even in doing this work, um, I'll say, um, you want to think that it's a destination that, oh, I will have changed my mindset. I will change my job. Everything will be perfect and we'll move past it. But really, no matter where you are, you know, there you are, right? Yes. So, 
your mindset and what you can control is you. And so I always think about the book, The Alchemist, and even something I'm, uh, you know, dealing with at work currently. I, I remember saying to someone, this feels like deja vu. So clearly I haven't learned this lesson. So I need to mm -hmm. sit down and think about what I'm doing in this uh, current situation and change it so I can change the outcome. Yes. Oh, that is deep. That's some deep thinking there. That is so true. But that is true is that we do, we have these fairy tale belief systems, right? We were raised with it. We were taught that there's a happily ever after at the end of the story and not realizing that the story is just being written. Like I would, I would love if they would make movies like all those fairy tales, Cinderella and Snow White and you know, like what happens after? Like show her and Prince Charming cursing each other out because <laughs> He left he left the wagon out to break, you know, what I mean? just whatever. Like show show the real deal about like on the other side of what we think is happily ever after. And they never show us that part. And so we get to the top thinking, oh, we've arrived. And it's like, no, the work is starting again. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that relates to the career uh fairy tale that we've all been told. Right? Yes. We, we love the happily ever after. And some of that is socialized through what we see, you mentioned the media, but I'll say some of it, I hold on to, to maintain optimism. Because if I just believe that this shit is just continuous and this is all that there's gonna be, that's not very motivating. But if I can believe that, you know, um, you know every step is a step closer to me that to me is is kind of is motivating and and keeps my energy up yeah 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 the thing that's mind-blowing for people is that career happiness is something you create and not something that we should look for from a job that's usually the mind-blowing thing it's like we put so much it's like saying i'm getting married because i want him to make me happy mm -hmm. or i'm having a baby because i want the baby to make me feel fulfilled or you know i'm buying this car because then i'll look more successful right you know and what people don't realize is that all of those feelings have to get generated by yourself and then you bring that to wherever you go and that is a huge shift like career happiness truly is embedded in you and then you you bring that and you come into whatever workplace you're in and you make it amazing. It's why for some people staying in wherever they are is the answer. And for others leaving is the answer. Because just as you said, so amazingly perfect before, where you go, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's so hard when you connect that back to we as women often have that guilt with prioritizing ourselves yes. so if you don't take the time and again this is a lifelong journey for all of us if you don't take the time to get clear on who you are to like who you are to continue to develop who you are then you're you'll always be um behind the eight ball on uh bringing your full self anywhere Yes, that is so true. And that's why the program is six months. And I would love for you to talk about like, when you saw that, were you like six months, you know, like what, or nine months or whatever, you know, it was nine months and we moved to six months. But, you know, I know some people sometimes think, wait a minute, I need this settled in the next three weeks, you know, talk about why the six months is such a great container for um, doing this work. It personally worked for me because I, um, 
I compared it to birthing a new career. So <laughs> I was already in that, you know, months and weeks counting mindset. But I think it takes time to um, do the work of yeah. discovery. So I think that for me, the discovery piece, albeit uh, one aspect of the program, is very important because we often skip that part. So before I started updating my resume, uh, looking for new jobs, getting clear on who I was and what I wanted for my next career step allowed me to show up differently when I entered the next phase, which I can't remember the name of it, but when I started acting upon it and started reaching out to employers, and I reached out with a certain level of clarity of saying, hey, here's who I am and here's what I'm looking for. Um, and you can either meet me there or you can I can see you later. And so those conversations, um, I found that I yielded a different level of respect from the employers. And, and, and many of them I still have relationships with on this may not be the next step for me, but maybe next year or maybe, you know, maybe next time. And so um, it gave me a greater command of my um, job search journey. And then to be able to then la layer on to that the networking and the you know the grunt work that goes into finding a job and the marketing of yourself um, and getting all of that. I mean, it takes time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's nice to have you know the reason the reason I set it up that way is for people to have the, the space to take the time. So you didn't yeah. feel rushed. You didn't feel hurried. You didn't was like okay, in eight weeks you got to get it done. But that you can actually wrestle with and indulge in some things and get the support that you need. You know. And while you're moving through the process in a container that really supports you to do that. And also, I think the other piece that can go understated is the ability to um, share with and hear from the other members of the community, because um, in some respects, we were able to uh, broaden someone's, you know, blueprint or, you know, or, you know, you're thinking small, you, are you sure? And, and to, to push each other uh, yeah. to reach it. And so that, that was helpful, whether that happened on the group calls or, Hey, I'm just checking in on you. I saw X, Y, Z. I, I really appreciate people saying, um, something you said on the call resonated with me. Thank you. Or something you said on the call sat with me. I want to give you this resource. Um, all of that has been, you know, immensely helpful. Yeah, that's so awesome. So, so during the process, you did discover, you did find a new position that, you know, you stepped into. And I remember when I got the email, you're like, I got this job, you know, I got the offer and it's just what I was looking for. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's like you, I think you said it was like 95% aligned or something like that in terms of where you want to go. Um, I would love for you to share a little bit about, um, you know, that experience of, you know, really stepping into from where where you were to something where basically you're like second in command in this company, <laughs> like running it, which is amazing. So the interesting thing is in my previous role, I was leading the company, um, but uh, I had the responsibility of reporting numbers and all the administrative responsibility of, re of running that agency. And what I found is and looking at uh, the work that I was doing is that my focus had shifted to um, administrative, operational, corporate aspects. 
Um, and so part of the shift was moving from a large organization to a small one that was uh, growing and evolving. Um, so we are a 60 person organization. And it was through the work of um, discovery of saying, I actually like to build, I like to create, um, which enabled me to look at a role where I'm being asked to build a new uh, offering within our agency and to build it from scratch and to build it with no restriction and to tell them what is needed and then also utilize my skills from counseling clients to then help our clients with strategies and tactics and 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 such that help address disparities so it, it matched um you know, skills that I already had, uh, my desire to build, and then also leveraging my experience in health communications and putting all those combined. And, and, and because my, here's the interesting thing, my boss, who's the CEO, also recently started, and she's, you know, there's a lot of building and growing. And so I, she's able to tap me and say, oh, I have this thought, or I was thinking about this, or I'd like to pull you into that. And I still get to flex that muscle, but I'm not solely on the hook to build, grow, and be the CEO of this company. So I found that it, it, it um, matched with my strategic desires, my also giving me the flexibility not to be the number one and um and allow me to grow in a role and and to build something from scratch so it it it, it fit on a number of different levels i will tell you i would have never even re uh, applied for the job before the career rebel academy i would have assumed that it was for someone else and not for me wow yeah because i remember there were aspects of the job that you were like i don't have this Right. And so, you know, this doesn't look like what my resume looks like, but the shift in you saying, yeah, but this looks like what I want to be able to do and and being able to translate that in a way that may not only did you have that offer, but you had another offer, you know, into doing something that your resume didn't look like, but that you were able to step into saying this is who I am and this is what I could do. That was so powerful for me. Well, and here's the thing, as you look at your advice of looking at the resume through the lens of where you want to go, not where you've been, I started looking at where I wanted to go and realized how much of my experience was not captured in my resume. Yes. Because I was still, I would, previously I was going after the same role over and over again. And I once I started to dig into my experience and highlight what I'd done and how it connects to where I wanna go, I, I did have the experience that I need, needed to do the job. And then also the fact that the job is one and the company is one that said, hey, you determine what the offering looks like. You bring in what you need. Um, and clearly I have the experience of building and growing and, and leading that was uh, it was more about the intangibles that were necessary to build a solid offering versus the, you know, minutia of the responsibilities that I needed to gain over time. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, so listen, if there's someone out there who are like where you were, maybe they're pregnant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're considering you know, joining this program, what would be some words of advice that you would give to them? I would say that um, the energy, the effort, and the time that you put into yourself 
will always yield a positive outcome as it relates to your career and your life. So I think the learning aspect is invaluable. I would also say that um, allow yourself the ability uh, to take back control of your career because you deserve it. Wow. I love that. Yes. Take control of your career because you deserve it. 100%. So tell me, Taylor, what does it mean to be a career rebel? Hmm. I think it's to be daringly uh, self-centered. <laughs> <laughs> with the purpose of putting your career in the context of your life. Mm, love it. Succinct to the point and powerful. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Taylor, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your insights and your experiences. I think it'll be so helpful for people just to hear it. And, you know, it has been such an honor to be in your space and partnering with you on this journey. So, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coaching me. I'm an active <laughs> career rebel, so I'm all in uh, there and I have valued this uh, ongoing journey. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. Here's a, another episode of the podcast. Hopefully for anyone who's sitting on the fence thinking about wanting to make a shift to transition in their career. And I've been wondering if this is the right program for them that you heard some great nuggets and insights from Taylor today that hopefully will help you make the right decision for yourself and your career. And listen, Stay tuned for some more amazing interviews coming your way. And in the interim, have an amazingly rebellious week. I will see you soon. Hey, if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, then you've got to come check out the Career Rebel Academy. It's where you'll get the individual help and support you need applying the concepts and strategies you're learning here and so much more. You'll be joined by a community of other rebels just like you, and I'll be there as your guide every step of the way. If you're genuinely looking to change the course of your life and career, I promise you, this is the place you'll want to be. Just go to www.carolparkerwalsh.com forward slash career dash rebel dash academy. I can't wait to see you there.